Hello guys, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about content marketing and ACO, how you can get results. We can touch a lot of topics about creating strategy, about implementation and many other questions that you can find on this podcast. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with George Cassiotis. How are you? Hello, Anatoly. I'm doing very well. I'm really happy to be here with you today. A big pleasure to get you back, to learn again from you. I know you are so kind to share value, to help others, to support them. George, before we start, just remind our listeners about yourself, about business, about your experience in ACO field and any other things that can help our customers, uh, listeners to know you more. I will do that. I hope that my son, uh, who is in the other room right now and is knocking on my door, I don't know if he wants to appear on this podcast as well, but if he allows me, I will, I will do it. Uh, I'm running Minusia and we are a uh, content marketing and SEO agency for um, B2B SaaS companies and we help these companies accelerate organic growth through like uh, our services which cover anything from content creation, content strategy, content audits, what we broadly refer to as SEO services which can be anything from content briefing uh, to you know more complex setups uh, like programmatic SEO, link building and design in the context of you know content right so we will not design your website or your like application or whatever but we will design your blog or redesign your blog a hub that you want to build um and obviously beautiful graphics for the content we produce right which is a difference from the last time i was here with you because design is something that we integrated uh lately to our services and actually we will announce it um kind of officially this month, right? So this is uh, what we do. Um, and, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we work with B2B SaaS companies, primarily um, big companies that are interested in like high quality content and services. And um, yeah, um, that's that's pretty much it. On the side, of course, we have the SaaS SEO, which is our podcast. And we do other things like webinars and we attend, like we, we, we get on, on other webinars as, as guests. Um, and we have some interesting things coming up uh, very soon um, that, you know, I will not be able to, to talk uh, here. But, uh, you know, for people who, who follow me or who want to connect with me after the, 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 the podcast, you will be able to to hear when we are ready to announce these these things uh, with everyone. Okay, I got it, guys. You need to follow George because you can see you can get some surprise now. <laughs> so what can happen in the next? By the way, if you wanna invite your son, do it because uh, probably he wants to learn too, you know, <laughs> to get value. And uh, yeah, yeah, I love future generations, you know, who can uh, replace us. Uh, AI won't replace, but uh, future generations will, will replace definitely. <laughs> okay, George, my first question about, you mentioned about content creation. Uh, and what I see, especially uh, in B2B, uh, your uh, main direction, I see when uh, companies create boring content. It doesn't mean that we need to create entertainment content. But uh, uh, according to many studies, uh, the average data bounce rate is high. Now, uh, for example, if I open 
uh, a new video from Mr. Beast. You know, he can hook at my attention in the beginning and keep until then. I will watch all his video. Uh, if I take any book from Jack London, uh, Hemingway, I can read this book uh, and forget about anything else because I'm part of this journey. But if you're talking about business content, most content are boring, really boring. You know, it's not about value. Uh, and to users, customers uh, don't like to be bored. That's why they bounce fast. And uh, according to studies, like uh, people bounce in the first 20 seconds. Most people, like 80% of people bounce uh, on YouTube videos in the first 20 seconds. Uh, it's the same with audio podcasts. It's the same with blog posts. It's the same with books because people usually read 5% of all books. Can you tell how to create non-boring content? You know, that can retain attention, hook uh, consumers uh, in the beginning and keep until the end. Yeah, that's a very big topic. I think, first of all, we have to be clear as to what the content types are. I'm talking about content that goes to your blog now because obviously there, there are so many other things that as a SaaS company and any other company for that matter, you can you can do. Um, and we will see more of these other things, by the way, as we progress. Um, and one of the things that we believe at Minusia is that the future of content marketing for SaaS companies is multimedia and not just, you know, blog posts, right? But that's a completely different topic. Let's let's get back to, to your question. So we, we have to think about the the content types that we have available for SaaS companies, right? So these content types are um, content that's focused on your product. Many people refer to this this type as product focused content, uh, product marketing. Um, then we have content that's created for a search audience, which is SEO uh, content, and then we also have what we call original content. Okay. Now, each of these content types have different content formats for example when it comes to product focused content we have things like you know uh product roi reports right or your help center or um how to guides on how people can do specific things with your product when it comes to seo content we have things like informational uh, pieces like how to create an online course, for example, if you are an online course platform or pieces with commercial intent, right? Um, for example, product alternatives or product vs product. And we have all this like a wide range of, of like different intents and formats uh, for SEO content. And, and then when it comes to original content, the same thing applies. We have different content formats, anything from you know, surveys, data studies, personal narratives, third-person narratives, creative analogies, um, original concepts and uh, contrarian content, uh, content that's based on trends and events, and the list goes on, right? The thing is that in some cases, it is okay if a piece of content is quote-unquote boring, right? Because that may be the, the, the purpose of its existence, right? Why it was created in the first place. So for example, if we, you know, if we take a how-to guide that lives under the, the type of product-focused content that I just mentioned, 
that's not intended to be you know exciting or to get attention to 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 be let's say uh be prepared for amplification get noticed online uh get mentions and so on and so forth and that's fine okay if we take content that's created for a search audience um you know the same thing applies right some formats are designed to drive conversions while others are designed to help you build topical authority others you know are designed to just educate and support your audience and so on and so forth i would say that when it comes now to original content this is content that in most cases is designed to get this attention to begin with to not be boring as you as you put it in the beginning right and then as an extension to get attention um get mentions backlinks social shares whatever the objective behind creating a piece of content may be right so i would say to your question we have to think about content types and we have to think about content formats and that's the only way we can kind of explain what kind of content you should create when you don't want to be boring and you want to create something that kind of stands out and is um uh, ready to be amplified online and in in some other cases that like may not be um like possible because by design a piece of content will not be as interesting or will not spark people's like attention and like spark conversations online and so on and so forth so that was the long answer the short answer is that we have to go we have to go back to uh, content types and content formats and really think what's the objective behind each piece of content the problem is that most companies don't do that and they have wrong expectations about the the pieces that they produce an example would be that uh, a SaaS company will produce a piece of content that's that has a very clear objective to get organic visibility uh, get visibility from organic search and they publish this piece of content on social media for example linkedin right and they expect they anticipate to get kind of attention that's not going to happen because it's not designed for this like purpose right so we have to be clear about the con types and the con formats and um be able to like tie all these different types and formats to specific objectives and based on what is important to us you know produce more of that content um as opposed to produce you know content that will not help us get to kind of the results that we crave for mm -hmm. okay uh let's talk about uh, creating the right strategy you know uh you mentioned that we need to have clear uh vision i mean like objections yeah uh to understand what kind of content to create and what uh you know what i see uh when uh companies use keyword research tools like ihrefs semrush moss uh, uber suggests doesn't matter uh what kind of keyword research tool they check out volume first and when they see oh wow it's volume i want to get this traffic you know but in the first stage it's hard 
it's hard to uh, promote some high volume keywords because everyone knows about these keywords. You need to compete with Wikipedia, many other websites. Uh, and in the second stage, it's uh, uh, it doesn't mean that you can sell by having these keywords. So you, you can spend a lot of resources to try and to outrank big competitors, uh, authoritative websites, but in the second, it doesn't mean that you can sell. So can you tell how to create the right strategy? You mentioned that uh, you need to understand what uh, objections, so any tips about creating the strategy? So this depends on many different factors, such as like the, the stage at which the company is at, right? So the strategy for an early stage SaaS company would be different than the strategy for a, um, a company that has found the product market fit, right? Um, and that's just one of the factors, uh, right? Um, but to your question specifically about um, keywords and whether we should take into account when making decisions, metrics like search volume, which can either be global or in the countries that you are interested in and you're targeting. I would say that to begin with, global search volume in most cases in the in some of the in all of the software that you mentioned is an average based on the searches of the last 12 months right and averages by no means are perfect uh, numbers okay that's one thing the other thing is that in in many cases it doesn't really matter what the volume is as long as the traffic that you get is targeted and can lead to you know you reaching your ultimate goal which may be to drive signups and so on and so forth okay and the third point is that so by no means search volume is a is a perfect metric um the second point is that uh, search volume is not always as important and this leads us to the third point which is making decisions on a keyword level as to what keywords we should go after and what keywords we should not go after and what keywords we should prioritize against other keywords this shouldn't be based solely on metrics like global on global search volume or volume in the country that you're interested in okay so we at Minusia came up with a different system and methodology to kind of make decisions and make decisions at, at scale. And so what we did is that we developed this metric that we call opportunity score. And we then take into account different metrics. Search volume, by the way, is one of the metrics that we take, take into account to come up with um, this opportunity score, but based on specific weights that we assign to each metric right so if in a keyword research um, search volume is very important to you then you will assign a higher let's say weight uh, it will be more important let's say uh, for you in the way you calculate the opportunity score right and so we do that and we do that at scale and we find this to be more effective when it comes to helping us make the right decisions for our clients, right? Because these metrics are not perfect. 
um, their importance is, is rele relative to like what the goals and objectives are. And at the same time, they should be interconnected to other metrics to be able to kind of uh, help us draw a more clear you know, picture, right? So this is what we do. And not that, I mean, at this point, it's also experience, right? Because if you're st starting from scratch and you want to define the strategy from scratch, chances are you are not exactly sure as to what keywords work well and so on and so forth. But at this point, uh, after, after having worked with uh, so many like SaaS companies in different categories, we kind of opportunity score aside, we, we have a, a, a knowledge of what, um, what keyword types, um, you know, what objectives each keyword type has. And in many cases, it's keyword, right? But that's one thing, because a strategy should not, should not be consisted of just um, keywords, right? And content that's created for a search audience. Uh, you should definitely include uh, and do original content as well, right? And moving forward, um, product-focused content as well, right? So it should definitely be a mix of content types, definitely not one uh, content type, SEO, for example. And um, going back to what I was saying earlier about being very clear as to what the objectives are, if you are clear about what your objectives and goals are, you can tie these objectives to specific content types, specific content formats. Yes, make decisions like about keywords using a, a more sophisticated way, let's say, of scoring these keyword opportunities, and then you know execute on your strategy. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, what do you think about uh, keywords that have zero volume? Because I check out a few studies that uh, some companies get great results by uh, optimizing with zero volume because competitors can ignore <laughs> these uh, keywords. And uh, how to find such opportunities uh, before creating content plan? So the first, to answer the first like part of your question, I think that um, I wouldn't necessarily see them as keywords, right? I, I would mm -hmm. see them as and treat them as topics that we need to talk about regardless of what SEO software report. That's one thing. And the second part of your question as to where people can find such uh, opportunities, I would say the ultimate source of truth are your customers. So you definitely have to get closer to them. You need to interview them. You need to run customer surveys. You need to analyze your, your sales calls. If you have uh, you know, transcribed versions of these calls, you need to, um, in a nutshell, get, I will repeat myself, but get as close to your customers as possible, right? These are the ones who can tell you like, exactly how they feel about your product, how they feel they felt before they found your product, what solutions they were using before they found your product and um, what they do after they use your product and like so many different insights that you can use to inform your strategy, okay? That's one thing. And the other one, of course, is uh, audience research, which includes anything from 
uh, you know, an example would be, I don't know where we saw this example, but uh, let's assume that you are a, an email outreach software that you help companies um, reach out to other websites and blogs and publications and uh, reach out for link building purposes, right? So one thing you could do is find relevant communities on Reddit, communities that discuss topics around link building, right? And use an advanced, which is not so advanced after all, operator uh, on Google for this exact subreddits and find things that people discuss and are interested in when it comes to link building. Even if, and in most cases there won't be, uh, there aren't any keywords um, based on these topics on, on SEO software. I don't know if that makes sense, but an example here would be, uh, once again, on the uh, link building uh, example that I just shared with you, I want to do link building, but I don't trust anyone, right? So you, you should talk about trust when it comes to link building, right? Uh, another example would be um, when should a company start investing in link building? You most likely will not find a keyword about that, but it's a topic that people discuss. So you should discuss it as well, right? Regardless of what SEO uh, software uh, report. So first layer, definitely your customers. These are the ultimate source of truth. And then of course, research, um, on your audience uh, and that the example I said is just one right another one would be top of mind you know find the podcast that people listen to and see like what topics are being discussed right because if these topics are discussed in a popular podcast in your industry say for link building then chances are that you know the host or hosts they are discussing these topics because people are interested in them, right? So use that, uh, leverage that to inform your strategy. Um, have an example here for uh, from a friend who owns a, a SaaS company, uh, John, and he uh, launched this, um, this new SaaS, uh, which is called datapad.io. And what they do, what Datapad does, it's that it's a, uh, dashboarding software, right? You can build dashboards there and bring all your metrics in one uh, place. I hope I, I, I don't misrepresent the company, but this is my understanding of what they do. The thing is that John is very experienced, like he has, you know, exits, he's a serial entrepreneur, and so he knows his stuff and a very seasoned marketer, right? So one of the things that he does consistently is getting on calls with customers, right? Um, and not only paying customers, but also people who, you know, uh, don't pay for the product yet, right? Uh, in general, anyone who kind of interacted with the product and he asks questions, he asks the right questions, right? And so one of the things that he, one of the patterns that he identified was the fact that, oh yeah, so we know what the kind of best dashboarding software are or we have some assumptions as to what these tools are but here we have many people who mentioned that you know what i was using or i'm still using and i kind of consider other solutions google sits you know for dashboarding so 
through this research and through this process, he identified Google Seeds as a competitor, right? So this completely changes the game and the, you know, brings a new perspective as to how you can approach your, your strategy, how you can like talk about your product uh, and how you can also address some of the drawbacks that people share with you when it comes to a prominent uh, competitor like Google Sits. Okay. That's mm -hmm. a very long, a prolonged answer, but I think that it covers uh, your, 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 your question. I hope. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, George, let's talk about uh, keyword opportunities. You mentioned that you calculate this uh, metric and uh, I know Moss has similar metric uh, uh, because I think it's very important to have priorities. Uh, I see when content creators create content plan, huge content plan covering hundred topics, uh, a lot of keywords, uh, but when they have limited resources, almost all companies have limited resources, for example, for some of my projects, I only have two hands, nothing else, you know, and I need to use all two hands to cover a lot of topics. That's why I think priorities are key. It's better, less, but quality. Can you tell about this metric calculation opportunities, how you calculate this metric and compare to most metric, what kind of benefits you have uh, in your calculation? Okay, uh, so first of all, let me just say that I, I'm not aware of uh, Moz, like we don't use Moz, and, uh, and so I'm not, um, I hope if any of, you know, uh, Moz's team members uh, watches it, this, they, they will kind of forgive me, but we don't use it, and so I'm not aware of their metric. Now, how our metric is uh, calculated? I'm not going to get into very much detail, because to be honest, um, I, like we have a person who handles all these things, but on a very high level, what I can say is that we have uh, the following metrics. We have um, global search volume. We have keyword difficulty. We have CPC. We have business value, um, which is a metric from on a scale from one to three, which, which is something that we kind of, assign a value there as to like based on our understanding of the business value of this metric um then we have um difficulty which is um as saying difficulty from a content creation standpoint in other words how difficult it would be for us to create this piece of content once again the scale is one to three and last but not least we also have what we call topical authority ratio okay now, topical authority ratio is something, a concept that we developed, and you can check our blog. Um, it's kind of buried in the results somewhere because it's been a while since we published this piece of content. But the, the, the essence of it is that um, it takes into account how associated your website is or any given website is with that specific topic in the eyes of Google. Okay. You can check this uh, blog post to, to see kind of how we, we approach that. And so we take into account these six metrics, four of them, global search volume, topical authority ratio, CPC, 
and business value are what we call direct, directly proportional to the opportunity score, which means that the higher they are, the higher the opportunity score, right? And two of them, keyword difficulty, according to AHS, and difficulty score, according to us, uh, but difficulty in terms of um, content creation, is these are what we call inversely proportional to the opportunity score, which means that they have a quote-unquote negative impact. The higher they are, the lower the opportunity score, right? So we take into account these six metrics. Four of them are directly proportional, so they add to the opportunity score. Two of them are inversely proportional, so they take away, they take from uh, the, the opportunity score. Um, and then we, we calculate the opportunity score. The scale is on a scale from um, zero to 100. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, interesting calculation. I need to check out. Uh, George, I have the question about topic that it's hard to ignore today about AI. Uh, I think it's a hot topic. Uh, I think it's more. It's a regular tool today. And um, I spoke with uh, Jeff Coyle, co-founder of uh, Market News, and he told me that in the future we'll have three companies. Companies that develop AI, companies that implement AI, and obsolete companies. Can you tell how you implement AI in content creation process? Because I see when uh, content creators complain that AI it's not creative, not human touch, uh, just uh, rewriting tool. Yeah, great rewriting tool with great grammar, but rewriting, not writing something new and special. But uh, if you use it smart, you can get results. You can use this tool like uh, to help in your process. So your tips how to use AI today to create high quality content? So first of all, I, I'm not sure if I'm the best person to, to talk to when it comes to using these tools for content creation because we don't use them. And um, I mean, we took a stance and as an agency, we said that we support our human writers, our human content leads, our human content quality uh, specialists, AKA content editors, and so on and so forth, right? Um, until when and, you know, under what circumstances, we'll just have to wait and see because I can't predict the future. I don't know what will happen in the future. I think that we are in the very early stages of the adoption curve right now. But at the same time, let's be honest, you know, there is a lot of buzz around it because NFTs, I'm not an expert by no means, but it used to be a thing three years ago. Now the dust has settled and I expect something similar to happen with AI content, right? Um, so we are in the early stages. I think that many companies are uh, already, if not using them actively, experimenting with them at least. I know some agencies have took a stance and like we say that we don't use it, they say that uh, we use it and you know we open a new service line with, with uh, AI content. Honestly, I don't find the meaning in that in the sense of if you are going to do it like that, why should a company hire you uh, and not like, you know, subscribe for the tool and use it themselves, right? It's not like you've developed a, 
a system or a methodology that's not easy to replicate or anything like that. But of course, I'm not here to judge anyone's anyone's decisions or works or work. And at the end of the day, we will see. I, I think time will tell who was right and who was wrong. But this is one thing. The other thing, and I think that the conversation the conversation we should have instead is not how AI will kind of replace us, but how AI can be leveraged as a tool by content marketers in order to level up our game. Because what will happen now is inevitably we will see a lot of content, you know, like kind of a flood of content out there on the web. Not that we don't have that already, right? There is so much content out there. But as you can imagine, with something like that, it will just get worse, right? So this means that the bar inevitably will will raise when it comes to quality, right? And so while the conversation was traditionally about the blog and everything that has to do you know, with the blog and that goes to the blog and so on and so forth, I think especially for SaaS companies, this will start changing. And I see the future being as I mentioned in the beginning, multimedia and not just like one uh, content format and like the blog and anything like that. SaaS companies will have to start doing marketing like media companies. Um, and in that context, I see several use cases for AI content. I don't see AI content replacing us um, kind of, you know, in the sense of, we are not going to hire a writer we will hire like ai instead right and if that's the case then i guess that writer wouldn't be as like competent in the first place right as hard as this may sound it's true so i see it as a tool and as a vehicle to get to the next phase of um SEO and content marketing, mostly content marketing, um, which is multimedia and not solely text-based. And um, yeah, so in a nutshell, I see it as a tool. And yeah, um, I think that is this time is very interesting um, to be in content marketing. And if anything, I think that it will help us um, in, in our work. It, it already does, by the way. I mean, uh, with this whole thing, I think that uh, companies that are serious about content will become even more, like they will have even higher standards. And if anything, I, I expect this to benefit our industry. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's hard to we'll make see, predictions. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think, you know, yeah, I agree uh, that AI, you know, once I found how Elon Musk used ChatGPT, he shared on Twitter before starting to criticize a lot this tool. Uh, but, um, he, you know, he asked hard question. Hard question. I uh, read this question a few times to understand what Elon Musk uh, want to know uh, and uh, AI uh, ChatGPT gave uh, this answer to this question that was interesting to read uh, and uh, I think you know it depends on the right prompts because you know if you use IHRF SEMrush and uh, chase high volume keywords you can get the same result 
if you use chat gpt to ask how to write i don't know like uh please write article about how to lose weight or how to play guitar you can get generic answer but if you use uh some unique prompts uh another way teach this ai tool it can help of course it doesn't replace writers it doesn't replace but it can help during the process so yeah, yeah I, think it... I think that i think that if anything what what's happening right now is kind of uh you know we see the the early stages of this whole conversational thing uh this whole conversational conversation based interface we see the the interface of the future which is going to be based on conversations, if that makes sense. And that may be with a tool like ChatGPT, that may be with a device like Humane uh, presented the other day on, on their TED talk, which was very impressive. You know, it can have many different forms, right? Uh, I feel that what we see and what we experience right now is just the, the very early stages of a new, let's say, era when it comes to how we interact um with like these devices or kind of software solutions or whatever um this is what it is um yeah it's uh, it's kind of a like pulling the curtain and uh taking a glimpse of the future in terms of how the the ui will be right yeah yeah and uh George, I have final question. Uh, I love to ask this question uh, because, you know, I found um, that it's hard to get uh, good results with clients who don't understand SEO. For example, if they don't understand, I usually t uh, say them, take my course, learn from best experts, Lily Ray, Mike Phillips, Jeff Coyle, Chelsea, always many great experts. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the main reason because uh, uh, SEO specialists can't help if you don't understand the process, the basic, and it's the same like to lose weight. Yeah, if uh, the best coach can't help you to lose weight, to train heart instead of you, to eat healthy food, to drink water and many other uh, the same things, because it's important to understand why we need to create high quality content, the right strategy. And uh, if uh, clients understand, we can cooperate like a cohesive team to have clear vision where we are going, what kind of traffic we need. So let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What will you do today to learn more about SEO? I would do a podcast and I would interview people. Um, that would help me kind of... Uh, you unhided my secret. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we did that with Minusia back when our main pain was uh, lack of network, right? And lack of connections, which is not the case anymore. And I would do that again, right? And it's also, it's a great way to learn. I mean, today, just today, I had uh, scheduled five episodes, uh, episode recordings. And I started at 7 a.m. And like from 7 a.m., I can tell you that I learned new things, right? And we've done, I don't know, probably around 80 episodes at this point. And I would do it again because this is a great way. I, I don't plan to do it forever, right? We, uh, we already are discussing internally uh, kind of the end point for, for the podcast. But I mean, if I was starting again, I would do something like that. I get on interviews with people, uh, which would allow me to learn and at the same time 
uh, network and you know build connections and and yeah there are so many good things that can come out of of this nice yeah i agree i love uh speaking with experts on my podcast uh yeah and it's a great way to learn you don't need to pay money because most experts can charge good money you know but you can get them for free to ask anything and to help your audience as well because it's not like to learn if you share knowledge with your audience you can uh, memorize much better because we have short memory people usually forget for a few days about new information i can forget for a few hours just tell me i will forget but if you know it, if you share if you think how to implement you can get much higher results george it's a big pleasure to get you on my show again you are so kind to share this valuable insights with my audience with me i love learning from you tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you how to follow you sure so uh a couple of ways first if you want to connect with me personally best way to do is through linkedin um i'm pretty active there even though i don't manage my account but still you can reach out you know let me know where uh you you found me from and someone from my team will will get back to you um and then if you want to to uh, find out more about minusia the best you know way to do so is through our website minusia.com um double t you can check out our our podcast um subscribe on our YouTube, where we publish the video version of every podcast. And we have some very interesting discussions coming up next, uh, starting from next Tuesday. Um, and also, um, you know, podcast platforms like Spotify and so on and so forth. And um, since we are very active and we will, we plan to start uh, kind of introducing some new content formats, which are specific for uh, our email newsletter subscribers feel free to subscribe to you know um kind of keep up with the things that we do and the kind of exclusive stuff that we share there nice nice guys you can find the links uh to uh, george LinkedIn account in the description below to the website so keep learning from him you can see a lot of valuable insights and if you want to become a better marketer you need to do it okay guys love you see you